Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. Welcome to episode 508 of Longbox Heroes, the Labrigani of comic book podcasts. I'm Todd, joined with Joe. How are we doing today, Joe? Are we joined? That'd be an interesting uh, way to do a podcast. Are there any podcasts out there from the Siamese twin point of view? I think it's conjoined twins, they call it now. Oh, conjoined twins now? My apologies. Yep. Um, but I don't know. Maybe there is. Uh-huh. Now's not the time for me to be clickety-clacketing on the uh, keyboard. Aren't we doing a podcast now, Todd? We are doing a podcast. Would you like to know what's on said podcast, Joe? I, I would. Right. Basically, Robert Kirkman helps, helps out comic shops, but how is interesting. Also, update on comics in Walmart. DC muscles in on mine and Joe's turf. Um, we see what's in the cards for DC promotional giveaways. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm saving free, all my remarks for the end. Go ahead. Okay. Free comic day gets extended a smidge. And also, uh, we get serious and we discuss voter fraud on this podcast, Joe. Also, uh, con news, question mark, because we never know until you give it to us. Also, free digital books and sales. What we read last week, which was Strange Adventures number two. Wind, number one, and uh, something only I read, Flash Annual, number three. What we're looking forward to this week, I believe I have a Todd's Art Attack. And then at the end, spoiler-filled talk of the latest episode of Stargirl. As these last couple weeks especially, uh, it's taking everything in my power not to turn this podcast from an all-ages podcast to a mature-rated podcast. (laughs) What? Because of something I did? No, there's certain stories or certain things that may happen in the world that just make me want to, like, swear. Oh, okay. Don't swear during the podcast, because then it's just more work for you while I go to sleep after we're done. (laughs) Oh, goodness. All right, so hey, let's start with what you said about how Robert Kirkman is helping uh, comic book stores, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So last week... Uh, Robert Kirkman announced that uh, this July there's going to be a quote-unquote surprise one-shot story called Negan Lives, quote, from the pages of The Walking Dead, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a bunch of stuff from the press release. Um, I've been inspired by Diamond's effort to shine a light on the direct market. Um we laid the series to rest. We felt like something special we could do for store owners who made our series a success to begin with. I'm happy to report that 100% of the revenue generated from the book will go to the stores selling it. Um, will not be available digitally. Will only be available at comic book shops. Um, Negan lives uh, desperate isolation, or does he? All new story and... And I went on to become one of the most popular characters, whatever. 36 pages, July 1st. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, th- and, of course, there will be a extremely rare gold, silver uh, vo- foil variant, limited qualities. Contact your local comic book shop, etc., etc. Right. And uh, so 
again, I guess this is a nice thing of them to do. Um, but it's like a surprise that we're announcing two weeks out. Like, imagine if this was a surprise, like Die, Die, Die was. Right, but I think also this one they want, they just didn't want to drop them off in retailers' hands. They want to get, I don't know if, like, if you have to order them, whatever it is, it gives retailers to announce and get it out there because they want people to come in on the day and pay for these books and all the money goes to retailers. Can you imagine if it's like retailers trying to figure all this out on the day? It's like, wait a minute, I get to keep all this money, but like you didn't like let me know so I can let my customers know. Not that, you know, that would be ungrateful, but do you know what I'm trying to say? I just look at it as it gives them at least, you know, a week. Yeah. Or a week and a half to drum up interest in the book. People will come in because it's a new Walking Dead one shot, and that it's all around good. But I think a surprise, a la Die Die Die, would have been a bad way to go. Now, the other thing, a couple other things about this as well. It's coming up July first, which is actually DC's skip week. Mm-hmm. That's the week that DC is using to kind of fully transition away from Diamond to their new. Uh, retail or their new distribution scheme. Right. So obviously uh, smart to have it come out on that day when there's not a ton of DC stuff to oversaturate things. And I don't think there's a ton of Marvel stuff. I think we talked about on the show either last week or the week before where like Marvel is doing the staggered thing with their books. Like this week there's Marvel books. Next week it's just trades. Right. So yeah, next stuff. week it's just trades. So it's like literally like it's a lean week. So if you're going to go to a comic store on July 1st, there's a very good chance that you're getting this book. Right. So I, that is that is great. I, but like I said, I wonder how retailers, like if they got a chance to order or whatever, if they're just going to send them a bunch, you know? Right. And because I'm sure- te- technically, you know, they could just send them a bunch. It's not like they have to get paid for them. Yeah. And I think a week or two ago when we talked about, like, what Aftershock is doing, how they're like, okay, we're looking at the top, like, 200 stores that order the most from us, you're getting X. The next 100 are getting X. The next whatever are getting X. And then everybody else you can contact it. Like, you're automatically getting this number, right? Mm -hmm. So I wonder if Image is doing that of, like, saying, okay, we saw on the last issue of Walking Dead you ordered X, so we're going to send you that many of this. Right. That that would be smart, you know? Yeah. And I will also say this. If the comic industry did not shut down for two months, what would this story have been? Would this story have ever come out? Or is this something... Because Kirkman in the press release says that he's inspired by what Diamond is doing about the direct market. And... Diamond announcing that they were doing that was only about three weeks ago. So could Kirkman and Charles Edlard thrown together a full single issue comic of Negan in a month? I think so. I mean, what else were they doing? They weren't going to publish like, I don't know. I don't think they were doing anything. Everything was shut down. So it's not like they had to get uh, art to the, to, you know, to their companies to, to get stuff done. I legitimately think it is because think about it. Like uh, Charlie, I, I, Allard Adler, whatever his name is, he 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 hit a monthly monthly schedule like every month. And then at one point, wasn't he doing like twice a month? That was a long time ago, though. That was like right. six seven years ago. Yeah, 
But to get one comic out in all this and Kirkman just writes it and sends it off. Now, I will admit, I do believe uh, he probably had this as a German of an idea in his head, like the story or whatever. Because I do believe like once in the comic, Negan left to go off and live on his own. And then they had the spoiler alert, the, the final issue. And it goes to that future jump and they're like, like and and uh, Carl goes to Negan's house and he's not home to imply that Negan lived all those years from when he left to when Carl grew up. That there was no way he didn't have an idea for a Negan story in there in his back pocket for an event or something like an anniversary of Walking Dead. So he just wrote that really quick and and got it out there. If that makes any sense to what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Just you know, just a mindless speculation here, you know. No, I, I maybe I'm overthinking it. I'm just trying to answer your question. Oh, listen, I'm overthinking it as well. Why can't I just say, "Hey, what a nice thing for Kirkman to do and move <laughs> on," you know? No, but that's what we do here. We yeah. overthink things. Uh so apparently, even though San Diego Comic Con is happening virtually, mm-hmm. uh, the Eisners, which are tied to San Diego. Uh, where they didn't used to be. Didn't San Diego buy them within the last couple of years? Uh, I'm trying to remember because weren't they at, uh, they weren't at the uh, Baltimore, were they? Yeah. Or was it the Harveys? I forget. It was one of them. I think the Harveys were at uh, Baltimore and then now they're the Ringos. Yeah. So. Uh, the voting was suspended for the upcoming Eisners to be held as part of the virtual San Diego thing, uh, claiming that the website had an anomaly, but apparently the anomaly was due to someone trying to hack their system. That's terrible. Do you care that much to make sure whatever book wins? I don't know. That seems like a lot of work, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, They need to go back to the old thing where you can't vote online. It has to be an actual ballot that you bring. Obviously, virtually you can't, but that you fill out this official ballot like Wizard used to do. Okay. Where you had to buy that issue of Wizard to vote in the Wizard Fan Awards. You had to fill (laughs) out their official ballot to actually have your vote count. That's what they need to do with the Eisners from here on out. What they need to do is do it like the Heisman. The way it's basically done is only past Eisner, like and Heisman Award winners get to vote, and then Wizard like has the ad, and the uh, when all the people vote, it counts as one vote. That's the idea that you have to do. But I did look up the Harveys really quick, mm. and Har- the Eisners, I guess, were always with San Diego. I didn't look that up. Harveys are the ones that were at Baltimore, but they weren't always at Baltimore. They were at Chicago Comic Con in 1988, then at Dallas Fantasy Fair from 1989 to 1995, in WonderCon from 97 to 99, Pittsburgh Comic Con from 2000 to 2002, the M-O-C-C-A Festival from 2004 to 2005, then Baltimore for 10 years from 2006 to 2016, and now it's New York Comic Con. So, like, the Harvey Awards got around, man. They just, they just, uh, they're free as a breeze, man, just going wherever they please, I guess, you know? That's right. Good. Highest bidder for the Good Harveys. for them. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we could slap Dash together an award show for any comic book convention 
looking to have some sort of thing for them to do. Um, we will go to whoever steps up first. That's right. The, the, the coveted Todd nods and the, the Joe justifications or something <laughs> like that. And we can, we can hand those puppies out all around. Oh, that's, that's an interesting uh, angle. Instead of getting like an award statuette, they get an actual puppy. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> Joe justifications. <laughs> yeah. You don't like that one? I'm, I'm thinking about it. Like, I'm thinking also maybe Joe just, juxtapositions as well. You're just trying to keep you on your spouse toes. Oh, boy. <laughs> keep it a clean show, Joe. Luck, luckily, they haven't fallen off to uh, onset early diabetes. Oh, give me time. They're getting numb on mine. But anyway. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, that's just funny to me that uh, someone was trying to hack the website for the Eisners. <laughs> mm-hmm. Good for you. <laughs> like, that's what you have to do. Like, you have all that computer knowledge and you're hacking the Eisners. Right. <sighs> So uh, another thing um, that got delayed due to the comic book uh, industry going on hiatus. Actually, they just went on Long Island Ice Z for like two months, but they're back. <laughs> and one of the things that we missed was one of my favorite things, which was uh, Free Comic Book Day, which I had postulated on the show. What if they just kind of like group it up with Halloween Comic Fest and just like do a double Free Comic Book Day in October? They did me one better. Starting July 15th, they're just going to spread the free comic book day books out over the next three months after that. Right. I think it's free comic book day, nine and a half weeks. Starring Kim Basinger. <laughs> Kim Basinger? King Basinger? Yeah. Yes. Um, so I think, because I think we had just, part of it was Marvel was still going ahead with their books. Right. Because they're like, yeah, we got X-Men and Spider-Man stuff that, like, we need these books out by a certain date, you know? Right, our free comic book day stuff is time-sensitive. Get it out there. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. You know, we we, we kind of discussed all, the, all these books when they were initially announced, I think, like, back in January or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's the usual, like, come on and check these things out. But I'm kind of glad that they're doing this. Um, as a, like, an event over the nine and a half weeks, as Todd has mentioned, so that, one, it still makes Halloween Comic Fest special and all this stuff, essentially free publicity for these publishers, their stuff, and everything else like that, does get out. Of course, hopefully, they do give the retailers a little bit of a break Mm -hmm. uh, regarding this. And I will say, uh, it is a little front-loaded. Because uh, once we get to, like, August into September, it's, uh, you know, it ain't the top 30 comic book companies that are having their offerings. But uh, Devil's Advocate there, maybe because they're the only free stuff that's there, you'll you'll give graphics with an X comics uh, freebie <laughs> of Donut the Destroyer a try, you know? It's got an X in comics. That's how you know it's good. Oh, boy. I don't know. They look like they do uh, all ages stuff with like Owly and stuff like that, which I remember, you know, when I was trying to get my kid to read. Now he don't care about reading. We'll get him there eventually. Um, he's almost nine. Is that is that when kids start reading? I don't know. No, he reads. He's really good at it. Um, oh, okay. But he hates it. 
because <sighs> it takes a tiny bit of struggle. <laughs> so it's like, well, it's this thing that causes me the tiniest bit of pushback. I hate it. That's right. Give me my Minecrafts. Uh-huh. And the reason I say that is because one of the Dark Horse offerings is a Minecraft book. So God. I use Minecraft and like <laughs> Pokemon to try to trick him into reading. It's all I could do. If he put the effort into reading he does to try and get me to take macaroni and cheese home, he'd be yeah. he'd be good to go. <laughs> and I move the news around a little bit so I get all the DC stuff together, you know? Not a problem. I read them as you give me the notes, Joe. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so we had talked a couple weeks ago that DC was not going to be the hundred page doing the hundred page giants any longer mm-hmm. at Walmart. But it looks as though, and correct me if I'm wrong, that they're not going to do the 100, like, even though they're still there at Walmart and whatever was solicited is still going out. Uh, now the new thing looks like they're going to do, like, the old three comic packs, I think. Right, like the old Harvey comic packs? Yeah, where it's, like, three issues of a thing. Right. Or no, well, they were the Whitmores, weren't they? For a little while, where they were kind of passing off some of the variants that they couldn't get rid of to retailers in, like, three packs at Walmart. hmm So, you know, it makes sense, I guess, DC to do that sort of thing, too, as well. I don't know. Right. They weren't Harveys. Were they, like, Whitmans? No, it's just... So, I don't remember. There might have been... They might have been Gold Key stuff. They might have been Harveys. It might have been a mix of things. But I remember um, one of the first ones that I remember seeing was G.I. Joe ones. Mm-hmm. Marvel doing like three issues of G.I. Joe when they were like right in the toy aisle next to the G.I. Joe toys. Right. No, but there was a section like because I even know like uh, that the Flash comics, I have a couple where there was Whitman covers, which were in the Whitman packs of comics. They were different. You don't you don't remember that? No, that might be before my time. Right, well, you would basically buy, like, you would go to the store and they would have three comic books packed in them. They were the Whitman comic packs. And you never you knew what the two were because they would have one facing front, one facing back. And then the third one was always a surprise. But if you, like, look, I like uh, they would have, you know, where the DC bullet would be in the up, upper left-hand corner? They would have, like, a Whitman symbol that those were the ones that, and other comics too, that came in the Whitman packs. Right. I just, sorry, that was interesting stuff to me. No, I, I, I I really have no knowledge of that. You know, that's, that's news to me, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But DC is doing more to, to entice readers to check out their books. They just announced in conjunction with the Batman three jokers miniseries, you will be getting promotional playing cards Mm -hmm. um, with brand new Jason Fabok art uh, spotlighting Jocker himself, Batman, Batgirl, and Jason Todd. Now, I'm a little concerned because they come in packs of 25 and there's only four people that they're spotlighting. That doesn't factor out. So there's going to be rare cards in that set unless there's a fifth person they haven't told us about that it's a spoiler or something. Right. See, I didn't know that's how it worked. I thought, because I know they said there was going to be one, like, for each issue. Well, and- okay. Now, see, it's uh, the, the press release just says uh, Ultimate Wild Card with promotional playing cards commemorating each of the three issues of the miniseries. Now, it says each of the three issues 
So, again, from the breathtaking artwork, blah, 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 spotlighting Joker and his three adversaries. Um, every 25 that you order as a retailer, you get one pack of 25 cards. You can order more cards for a nominal fee. Um, DC recommends using the playing cards as a gift with purchase to the customers who have pre-ordered the issue, blah, blah, blah. But, like, does that mean there's going to be... Because either way, it's a three-issue miniseries, and there's four people. But look at the card, Joe, in the ad that you're doing. It's Joker with Batman, so it'll be Joker oh, with... okay, I get you. So it's jo- it's going to be three... Okay, Joker, Batman, Joker, Batgirl, Batgirl Jack, Joker, Jason Todd. Okay. And then one card of pack of 25 you get for... I'm trying to explain it, but I think... No, no, I I get you now, now that you're saying look at the promotional art. I thought it was going to be a Joker card, a Batman card, a Batgirl card, and a Jason Todd card. No, it's a Joker-Batman card. It's a Joker-Batgirl card. It's a Joker-Jason Todd card. Right. Uh, Yeah, good for DC, man. They're trying. Yep. You know, I, I like, you know, we mentioned before about the image thing. We're mentioned about this. Anything that gets people going more to incentivize buying your comics at a local comic book shop, I'm all for. Whether I care about it or not, somebody cares about this. I mean, I, I'm with you. Something I did not care about. Um, all that X stuff. You know, remember when we used to have a Mutant Minute on here, Joe? Um, when they gave out, when that, when that started again with the Hickman, X-Men, and they gave out the seeds? I thought that was a brilliant idea. Like, it's not for me. Right. But, you know, cool. Like, any like interesting gimmick is great. Now Marvel the balls in your court. I want my infinity gems. Soon. I'm not getting off that horse, Joe. All right. Last but not least, DC has uh, announced a multi-year partnership with Spotify. I don't think they're getting Joe Rogan money <laughs> to do uh, audio drama podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, I will say this, uh, Marvel already did this. They did, like, a Wolverine one, I guess, The Long Way Home or something. Right. Through Audible, I think. Yes. And DC getting in bed with Spotify, that's fine. Uh, Audible has a little more of a old man user-friendly, I could find your RSS feed and grab the stuff that way, whereas Spotify does not. Mm-hmm. even though the shows like they're not part of like a subscription service or something like it will be difficult for me to grab these because I'm an old man and I'm not going to get the Spotify app on my six plus year old phone just so I can listen to DC audio dramas. Um, I will try to do what I can depending especially <laughs> to, to listen to those audio dramas, but I'm wondering how far behind like, like like a, a talking dead after these audio dramas. It's like, let's get our, you know, podcast on afterwards. I mean, I think that they're going to try and get their own home and then support their own stuff with like, because I think, didn't they shut down like DC, the DC talk things? Like they had the videos and stuff like that. Remember all those? Um, I will, I'd be interested to see if they do, uh, like I said, podcasts for their characters and audio dramas that they do. And if they do, DC, if you're listening, I'm willing to throw my hat in the ring. And if I have to lose Joe, I'm 100% behind that. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. But no, I could see them doing that. I honestly could. Starting a whole network, if you will, of like DC stuff. Um, I will say, I know they canceled the show that you're talking about. 
that was part of the DC universe. It was like a daily show that was there. Mm -hmm. I do know that both DC and Marvel have tons and tons of daily content on their YouTube pages. Right. So they could just like literally take that stuff and put it on this. Right. Now I will say on the flip side, if you know, you subscribe to their respective channels, Marvel or DC, obviously you're going to get the stuff there on YouTube. The Marvel stuff is all over Marvel's website. The DC stuff you can't find on DC's website. Mm -hmm. They make it a little bit more difficult. Like, it's probably there, but when I look at Marvel's site and I go to, like, the what's happening thing, it's like, here's all the new, like, uh, video content that we have. Here's all the different... audio. Like, I think Marvel has, like, three or four different podcasts that they update, like, you know, they stagger them as they come out, you know what I mean? So there's, like, something, like every day or like right. you know whatever it is dc though kind of like they, they always seem to be like reactionary it's like oh let's look at marvel's doing kind of sort of do it and then pull back from doing it you know yeah i think they're both reactionary to other their other stuff though oh for sure so we shall see um the, the wolverine one was okay it was good you know um I never got to listen to it. You did? You enjoyed yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the way, like, DC seems to be doing it, looks like they're going to put out a, not a bunch at once, but Marvel really didn't do much after that with it, did they? I think they announced a sequel to the Wolverine thing, but, you know, obviously whatever happened in the world kind of prevented that from happening. Right, where it seems like DC kind of has where they're going to do their you know, do a bunch of different characters and stuff like that. Roll a roll, a bigger rollout, if you will. Mm -hmm. Let me look. Marvel, Audible. Drama. Back for that. Right. Um, whatever I called the Wolverine thing, it's called the Lost Trail. Mm-hmm. And then they put up a, a trailer for the second season of it. And then, obviously, that hasn't come out yet. Right. Yeah. And it was, and I said it was Audible, it was Stitcher, that it was through. Ah. Again, I hate um, not being correct. Wow. Then you I, like hate to give as, I like to give as correct information as I possibly can. Then you hate a lot, Joe. Uh -huh. I do. Uh, one thing that I... I guess I'm not sure if I hate or like is there's a convention this weekend, Todd. Is there? It is. Uh, Mighty Con in New Orleans has not been canceled. Hmm. As of the recording of this show. Um, again, it looks like it's a lot of local creators, a lot of local vendors. Uh, their website is touting that they're going to be doing another convention in St. Louis in the near future. Uh, but yeah, New Orleans Comic Con this weekend. Uh, Saturday and Sunday. If you're in the area, go to it. If, you know, uh, you're feeling up to it. Not the next week, of course, because it's 4th of July weekend. But uh, it looks like comic conventions are finally back. Yeah. Wow. I That's can't interesting. 4th of July is next weekend. Yes. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to get me some fireworks. Oh, well, you can, you can come to my town where it's been 4th of July every night for the last seven weeks, Todd. Well, there's not much to do in a pandemic other than blow stuff up. Oh, boy. 
Anyway, uh, you know, the link to the convention will be there, uh, as will the link to our local retailer, um, if you want to check out their store, or maybe your store, you know, isn't open back up yet, or you want to get comics and you want to help out us indirectly, this show, uh, an indirect way for you to help this show out is to get your comics through our local comic book shop, Comics on the Green. They do a brisk mail order business. So uh, you can check them out. Uh, our friend Becky uh, has her original art that she puts up on Instagram. You can check that out. And, of course, check out the soon-to-be-named network at soon-to-be-named-network.com, soon-to-be-named-network.tumblr.com, all the shows in the soon-to-be-named network, or anytime the people from those shows appear on other shows, it goes there. So you, can never, you will never miss any of your favorite soon-to-be-named network personalities appearing anywhere else at any time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, Profane Arguments, Puzzle Warriors 3, Wednesday Night Wars, At Odds with Wrestling, Final Wrestling Place, and I am making an appearance on Wrestling Cheers, which is an Ohio-based independent wrestling podcast uh, where I appear on there with co-conspirator Dwight, I, I mean, uh, editor of the Pod Van Dam podcast, Jonah. So uh, it's a fun time. We definitely hijack the show and fantasy book a bunch of nonsense and wrestling and i'm almost certain we don't say anything that gets our either one of us canceled right but you did give him tips on good music right no jonah hates music oh okay that's ed ed who likes uh ed is the one who has bad taste in music oh okay i don't know who these people are. i just know they don't like good music anyway that is also true um, so like I said, all the links of these will be in the show post, as will the links uh, to all of the sales going on. And there's another way that I know comics are back officially, because there are currently no less than 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 sales currently going on. Digital books, stuff for the boys from Dynamite, uh, a Dark Horse sale that's called Dads and Grads, which is just kind of like a catch-all whatever right mm-hmm. uh boom and oni studios are doing or oni press are doing pride month related sales dc has a dc in space sale again we miss dark knight returns and batman year one and that somebody over there i hope gets fired over this uh, dynamite is having a crime noir sale abstract studios is having a sale on the entire run of strangers in paradise uh, Marvel is having multiple sales on just an Avengers catch-all sale, a Secret Invasion sale, uh, Jerry Dugan Deadpool sale, and most importantly, Immortal Hulk is on sale. And hmm. listen, ladies and gentlemen, Immortal Hulk is a book that we've talked about one time, two times, three times, maybe 34 times on this show. <laughs> but... Maybe you could come up with the right number to buy the entire run of Immortal Hulk up to date currently for, let me do my Gazintas here, for under $18. That's some Digitally, good comics. You know? Mm-hmm. And now granted they don't have them in uh, reading order, but they do have those Avenger issues that no surrender miniseries which was the official unofficial first appearance of immortal hulk right 
they have that in here, and then they also have the two issues of Fantastic Four where the thing fought the Hulk recently. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, the, as much as I decried some of the other sales in the past, where it's like, why is this stuff in here? It makes no sense. It's like everything that is even remotely immortal Hulk is included in this sale, and that makes me very happy. Because, you know, it was all over the place. Did you mention the Absolute Carnage one, too? No, Absolute Carnage stuff is not in theres. So, oh, well, they missed something. Now well, I have to res- now I have to rescind my endorsement of this sale, Todd. No Joe justification for that sale. No, it's, it's a Joe juxtaposition because they're missing one not really key issue. Mm-hmm. It's kind of sort of key. Mm-hmm. So, um, freebies hasn't changed. I think they still have those catch-alls for those. Um, I updated it because the Marvel one doesn't exist anymore. Scooby-Doo team-up is still free for the entire run that you could grab that there. And then, like I said, that catch-all from Comixology is there as well. So, uh, you know, check all that stuff out. If you're still kind of leery about getting out, trying new things, there's literally over 800 or over 900 comics there for free. Right. There's no way that you could possibly read them all. (laughs) So, Todd, let's get into what we read from this past week. And I think we should start with the book that we were both most looking forward to coming out, which was Strange Adventures number two, written by Tom King, uh, with art by Doc Shaner and Mitch Gerads. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, this takes place, you know, picks up after issue two, where uh, Mr. Terrific has agreed to take on uh, Adam Strange's, you know, case. And basically that was at issue one was Adam Strange's trip to that moment. Now, basically issue two is Mr. Terrific's moment, uh, trip to that moment. And in those moments, we see him, how he works out, how he trains his mind, talking to his T spheres, uh, uh, training his body. And along the way, he's, he's realizing what could happen as he may take on the case, because he's like, it, it's me, you know, the person who, you know, never had the accolades, even though I was winning Olympic medals, and I'm going to take on the golden boy, basically, and, and try to, you know, maybe rip holes in his story. And while that's going on, we're getting more of Adam Strange's uh, story of what happened on Ran, and maybe uh, Mr. Triffic is putting things together that maybe... Batman had an ulterior motive for him to take the case instead of him, and that Adam Strange might not be telling the whole truth. Um, I really enjoyed this issue. Once again, it's a Tom King 12-issue story, I know, so I'm, I'm getting bits and pieces. It's not going to come together, you know, till towards the end, but I really enjoyed the way he was getting, was coming across how Mr. Terrific is. And I think he gets him over by the discussion, like the random questions the T-spheres are constantly uh, training uh, his mind and asking him quiz questions. And then eventually, like, the tragedies that he's had in his life and the, the, the final question that the sphere asks him is, like, heartbreaking. All around, it's just great art by uh, Mitch Drads and the the kind of writing I'm accustomed to over these 12-issue uh, maxi-series by Tom King. Um, you know, I, 
there's to me there's not much more I can say about it. We're early into the run, and I think we're going to get some twists and turns, and it should be fun. So, being that the first issue of this came out some time ago, mm-hmm. uh, I did read the first issue again. Right. Um, obviously, not being able to look at this completely biased. Um, I think they did a really good job of making the second issue uh, still accessible to people who are just picking this up for the first time. I'm not really sure why you would, or at the very least, maybe you haven't read this issue in a long time, you know? Right. Or this series, or whatever it is, right? Yeah. Um, I thought this was really good. And reading this, obviously it's more of a Mr. Terrific story, but I've always been a huge fan of Mr. Terrific, even when he, like, remember when he was the leader of the JSA for a while. Right. I think Mr. Terrific is one of the more untapped, huge potential possible breakout characters in DC's arsenal. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did use him on Arrow there. Like, and I will admit the look worked. Like, I love that jacket. That they, I mean, they just straight up put the fair play jacket on him for the show. And I was like, I'm down with it. And he had the T-spheres. Now, he was a different, uh, he had a different, like, personality than the Michael Holt we have on, uh, you know, in the comics. But, you know, I'm with you. I think he's an, uh, he's got a lot of untapped potential. Yes, and this was really good, and I do like how they're weaving in this mystery uh, that we don't know what it is. And I guess we could talk about it. Like, the mystery is Adam Strange telling us that his daughter is dead. Mm-hmm. And she's not. At least that's what Mr. Terrific thinks. And that's also what believe... Batman thinks. Right, I don't believe she's dead either. And then also that I don't know if they're going to get into how deep maybe he's, you know, a war criminal. You know what I mean? Like, is that going to be a bigger part of it? Or is it just going to be the mystery of the daughter? I don't know if they touch on that. What do you think? So it's going to be weird how they handle that, because I think right now that part is the least, the, the least interesting thing to me. Right. I'm more interested in the, the mystery and the other characters. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It'll be interesting. Like the Adam Strange stuff, you know, him being, as you say, a, a war criminal, essentially, that, you know, could be read either way. I'm right. trying to tiptoe, like, I, I don't know if I'm trying to tiptoe around it, but I don't want to come out and say, like, I don't care about it. Right. Because if anyone can make me care about it, it's Tom King. Right. But yeah. pretty much the the case though is isn't he up for murder for blasting somebody's head off? Yes. That I mean that's spoiler alert from issue one, but that's the way it ended. So I, I feel ability to take so what drives the Mike uh, uh Mr. Terrific to take the case is he believes that he's lying about the daughter. So what else is he lying about? Did he actually murder this guy? You know what I mean? So, like, we didn't really mention that. That's why I'm like, you know, to me, that's a big point. Oh, well. No, I get you. I do. Mm-hmm. It's good, though. I agree. Um, yeah. And I hope 
Um, this catapults, and again, obviously, Mr. Terrific being on, being on Arrow, uh, you know, I don't know. It's not the same. No, it's not. I watch it, so I don't know. I'm just saying that the look translates. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. As, as something we may get into later towards the end of the show. Okay. <laughs> I think I know. Where I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the next book that we're going to be talking about is Wind from Boom Studios, written by James Tinian IV, um, with art by Michael Dialnas. Dialnas? Nailed it? Nailed it. That's usually yes. what I say, but I was I was so confused by looking at the name, I didn't get a chance to say it. Um. So, this is like a double-sized first issue. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a miniseries. It's a fantasy world. We're introduced to a big thing with our lead character that obviously is going to happen later in this story because it happens at night. And then we go back to the day. I'm assuming that that first part, those first couple pages, is the night of the rest of the main story. Mm-hmm. And a majority of the story is taking, you know, some political and socioeconomic things that people are dealing with in the world today and applying it to a fantasy world. It's not the first time that it's ever happened, but... This is James Tinian taking it. It's a very color. It's a very pastel colored, very light. I didn't. I don't recall any swears in this. I don't remember any. Um, but I really like the lead character Win, and I didn't like when he went away. Not to say that he like disappears from the book and they like write him off or something like that. He goes to spy on someone. And then, like, the book just shifts over to this other person. hmm And I think if this was split and we got, like, one issue of the wind stuff and then issue two was maybe where the split happens in the book, because at first it felt a little bit lighter and then once the second part of the story came in, it's like, okay, now we've been introduced to, like, seven new characters that I need to follow along with. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Okay. Not saying it's bad, but I just felt as though there was too much in this first issue. And obviously, it's a double issue. They could have got away with making this two issues. But I'm not the editor. I'm not the publisher. I, you know, I'm not the writer. That would just be my only critique. Mm-hmm. Um, my take on it is is I like the story, but only liked it. Um. I thought the most interesting character was actually in the second half, and it was the shirtless gardener, uh, the father of the shirtless gardener, um, where he's like he's managing uh, the garden and he has to keep the magic creatures out that can show up. There's a whole bit with the spritals that kind of like shook me a little bit um, because it was kind of Baby Yoda cute, and then like if you just pun- like like when they punched Baby Yoda in the episode of The Mandalorian, you're like that's not cool. And something has to sprite on. I'm like, oh, but overall, like the story of wind and the and the, the gardener's son and all the characters, I'm with you. We we were introduced to a lot, but where you think it was too much, I think it was all too light. In that, I've seen all this before, and I've seen it better. So in the end, I felt like it was a lot of puff. It looked beautiful, and some of the 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 the, the things that they were dealing with, I was interested in. But in the end, I was like. 
you didn't, uh, the delivery didn't wow me. So I'm like, I, I love Tinian's Batman. I've read other stuff that he's done. This, I don't, I, I honestly, I'm going to give it another issue because I'll always give a great writer two issues. But this was just there for me. That's the best really? way to put it. And that's a that's the way, like, yeah, like, I don't really want to give too much away, but it's like, oh, you know, it's the whole idea of we can't let the, the unpure bloods in and, and the wall. And I'm like, yeah, I've, I've read this. And there's a lot of this going on in comics right now because that's dealing with everyday stuff. But I'm like, seen it better. So I, I don't know. There was, there was, it was very, uh, it was a book. It was an issue I read. Let's put it that way. Okay. So, but like I said, I'll give it a second issue because I think, you know, hopefully things will pick up. But if it doesn't, if it's not after two, if I feel the same way or close to the same way after two, I'm out. Gotcha. So we'll be here for issue two whenever that comes out. It's weird when we disagree like that. It's Mm -hmm. it's odd. Yeah. So, um... You wanted to talk about Flash Annual number three, which DC, for some reason, thinks is like part of the Rebirth storyline. DC.com? I'm not really... All right. Yeah, I have no idea because I know their dot-coms are always 100% accurate at uh-huh. both Marvel and DC. Um, I'm going to say it's more of a Suicide Squad crossover. Not, okay. a, not a Rebirth thing. But basically, this issue, like literally, they it's written by Joshua Williams uh williamson who is doing the regular flash title which so that's always a plus for me and and, you know as we always discuss and there's various artists on the book because it's you know it's oversized but basically they even say right in the beginning that this takes place you won't understand but after flash 750 and after suicide squad 5 so you know boomerang captain boomerang has met has joined up with this with the newest version of suicide squad um and right out the gate it's uh Captain Boomerang telling a story about how this Suicide Squad that he's with ended up with the Flash and ended up fighting Deathstroke. But you find out that he's telling it to a government agency that has captured him. And he's telling the story. Captain Boomerang is the most unreliable narrator in the history of comics. As he's telling the story, he's like, he's like, and then deathstroke showed up and we fought deathstroke and deathstroke you know we ended up i used one of my exploding uh boomerangs to destroy his uh uh, death buggy and he was like now that i took the death bug and everything that he's saying you believe happened in a way but even as you're reading it like the agents are like deathstroke really called it his death buggy like he had a a death buggy he's like are you gonna listen to the story like we think this happened but it didn't, and then it ends up like Flash maybe, like t- talking to Captain Boomerang, like maybe I had it wrong because you were just trying to lead your best life, and then the Suicide Squad roped you back in, and you were actually trying to maybe do the straight and narrow, and how it turns out, and maybe Captain Boomerang gets a text from somebody that I'm like, ooh, I want to see where that goes. But it's confusing because it looks like Boomerang's going to go off on his own, and I want to see how that plays up in Suicide Squad 6. It's a weird ending that I don't know if Suicide Squad people should definitely have read this book if he's not going to be in Suicide Squad at 6 because they're going to be like, where did Digger go? Um, but all around, it's fun because I'm a sucker for Captain Boomerang. He's one of the greatest captains in all of comics. So, 
I know that you're saying this is a crossover with the Suicide Squad book. Obviously, that's written by Tom Taylor. Um, I did not read this. Is this lining up with the book? Yes. It looks like yeah. it is from the cover. Right. How are he's... these characters being handled by a different writer? And granted, a lot of the newer characters are new, you know? Uh, very well, because honestly, they don't do a lot. I mean, it's very little with the the, the new Suicide Squad of the characters, but... There's a lot more with Death, uh, Deathstroke, Deadshot, and Harley. So, like, those are, they have a deep history that you could, you know, use. And Joshua Williamson's gets that. But they are phased out, you know, not quickly, but they're not, they're not used a lot where it's more focused on the Flash, Captain Boomerang, and then, like, Deathstroke and some other stuff. Uh, where the Suicide Squad is a background thing, if you will, just because Captain Boomerang's with them, if that makes any sense. Right. So, but get, it gets, like, with the little bit they use of the new Suicide Squad members, he gets down. Okay. Hmm. So we'll know when we get Suicide Squad 6 if this is going to be required reading, let's say. That's why I'm talking about it. I may have to grab this then. You've mm-hmm. convinced me. Okay. And the be- most important part of all the characters they got right, they got Captain Boomerang the most rightest. I know you keep trying to trigger me by saying he's the bestest captain in comic books, but he's not Captain Cold, you know? Right. But he is in the number one rogues gallery in comics. So. Right. That's true. Number one with a bullet. Yes. <laughs> with a boomerang. So let's, uh, that's what we read from this past week. Let's get into what we uh, read for, or what we're looking forward to coming out this week. If you head over to longboxheroes.com every Tuesday, let's say around noon Eastern time from here (laughs) on out, I put up the poll post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week, whether you get your books in print, uh, hopefully from a local retailer, whether you get them digitally, whether you wait for the trade, which you also get from a local retailer, uh, however it is that you get your books, be forewarned, be forearmed, know what's coming out. Uh, Todd and I attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. Todd is catching up to me. Uh, he's only behind by one correct guess. So let's see the... uh, where we are here. Yes, and this is a tough week, Joe, because there's a lot of big key books coming out this week. Um, does Firepower count? i just asking because I don't know if that's coming out, man. Um, it keeps, it, you know what, it's been on the diamond order list for the last two weeks, and in the aforementioned, I'm keeping it in there, right? Okay. Um, in the aforementioned press release about the Negan Lives book that's coming out on the 11th or the 1st of July, they mention in the press release, that's the other book. Okay. That's coming out from Image that week. Okay, so it's not coming out this week. No, I don't think it's coming out this week, but I'm still keeping on the list. All right. Um, Is the book you're looking forward to most? Oh, boy, this is a tough one. Immortal Hulk? It is Immortal Hulk number 34. The layup. I was worried that it was going to roll off my fingers and bounce off the backboard. 
Uh, and, and again, this is a tough one. Like, the official launch of Empire is finally here. There's, you know, the continuation of Batman stuff. The Thor stuff has been really good. Um, yeah, but if Immortal Hulk's on the list, then it's always got to be Immortal Hulk. Mm-hmm. So I ask you, Todd, what is that Texas blood? It is a new uh, image book by uh, writer Chris, I'm going to say, Condone. Um, and artist Jacob Phillips, which I believe is Sean Phillips' son, or related to him, definitely. I think he's the the colorist for uh, for Sean Williams. And it's basically this uh, story about a 70-year-old sheriff in Texas who ends up trying to get a, a, a ceramic dish back from, for his wife, and through the events gets wrapped up in this, like kind of no country for old men kind of story. Ah. I'll still say the book you're most looking forward to coming out this week is Immortal Hulk 34 as well. It is not Immortal Hulk. It is actually that Texas blood. There you go. I just, there's something about the cover. Like you ever just get like a cover? You're like, I love that cover. And like the whole idea of like, they say no country for old men, which I'm like a great movie. I'm like, I don't know. This is something different that's flying under the radar, and I hope it's really good. Well, it looks like we'll be talking about that next week. That gets added to my list of things to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are tied up. So the uh, previous uh, six and a half months have meant nothing. Right. And even that uh, downtime, you know, it meant even less. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I got to fix that, do that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, over at longboxheroes.com checking out the poll post be sure to check out all the other stuff that Todd and I have done in the past whether it be episodes of this show episodes of Longbox Heroes After Dark where I make one more plea to Todd this week to please watch <laughs> Dick Tracy with me uh, find out how it goes spoilers poorly um, Todd and Joe have issues uh, you can check out our store and buy shirts and pins and stickers with our fancy logo on them in hand in my house Ship directly to you. Very high quality, beautiful items. You can also get even more beautiful items with more logos inspired by things from this show. Things from After Dark. Things from At Odds with Wrestling. Things from Final Wrestling Place. Over at our T Public store. Uh, T Public is inundated with orders. So much so that they canceled their sale this month. <gasps> uh, so I'll just throw that out there. They were supposed to have a sale this week, but they canceled it. Things getting canceled. Yes. Oh, boy. As long as it's not me or you. Well, me. Uh, As long as it's not me. Or promotions I worked for. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, boy. It's a day. Every day. Every day is a day, Todd. Nope. And some more than others. Uh, But I am going to push a little bit harder the Patreon. Um, For as little as a dollar a month, you get two extra shows from Todd and I. And these are hefty shows. The preview show is usually about like an hour and a half plus, where we look at the issue of previews 30 years ago to the month, and the babbling Brooks, where we look at the films of comedy legend Mel Brooks 
those ones range for about an hour or whatever. But if you're getting back into the swing of things and you like what me and Todd do and you want even more, you throw us a buck a month, you get two extra shows. You want to be a mega ultra mass power listener, give us $5 a month. You get those two shows before everyone else and you get After Dark three days early. So mm. uh, I feel a little bit more comfortable pushing the Patreon these days because we've had some activity on the Patreon of late. And uh, seemingly people don't know the Patreon exists, and I want more people to know the Patreon exists. I want to bump Todd into a higher tax bracket with our Patreon. That's right. He moved me into a bigger house. Um, (laughs) Let's let's just say it moved me. (laughs) Move. But uh, yes, and you know, because it would suck if you know you did like a Patreon for like almost 500 days and nobody was there. But like we got we got listeners, and I'm happy to have them. Absolutely. And, uh, and like I said, man, if you're not, if you don't, you know, want the extra content, the free shows are fine. Getting After Dark is fine. You know, I greatly appreciate everyone clicking through our Amazon click through and making your purchases. The last three months, uh, you know, April, May and June have been killer. You guys have really come through for us. Uh, some of the notable purchases for the Amazon click through, like we literally can do a separate show of just me going through like the weekly purchases on Amazon, you know? I should be week two and four during the Patreon. Yeah, maybe. Just kidding. Uh, but some of the notable purchases, of course, somebody purchased the king-sized hardcover of Kirby is Fantastic. Which I guess Ooh. is some sort of like collection of Jack Kirby art. That's pretty cool, man. Not the um, Nintendo character? No, no. That's Kerbo, the uh, level pink fluff. I thought it was Kirby. No, it is it is Kirby, but there's some videos that me and my kid watch where they call him Kerbo. So I mean, what, what about he's Kerbo his, forever. What about his cousin in the orange car, Kerb Luke? Nope. <laughs> no? That'd be Kerb Coy or Kerb Vance. Come on. <laughs> I, would, I would watch that show, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, somebody purchased uh, BCW brand magazine store folio storage boxes i guess like those are like those like i guess your cgc and your stuff at home yourself right right these are even nicer plastic coffins oh okay uh somebody also purchased a 60 pack of sun belt chewy chocolate chip granola bars which are delicious uh they're a little small so again 60 a box (laughs) You stack three of them up and you eat them that way, and that's a delightful treat. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody also purchased um, blueberry-flavored Pop-Tarts, and I know I've mentioned this on the show before because it's been something that's come up on the show before. I've never eaten a Pop-Tart in my entire life. Well, first of all, you're a monster. Second of all... Unrelated. Unrelated. Um, second of all, this person must be watching Stargirl. We'll get into that later. Um, also, um, I oh, thank the advertising you. Worked. What? The advertising worked. The yeah, product pretty, placement of the show worked. Pretty much. I'm waiting for the Hershey syrup in, in the click throughs. Um, <laughs> but uh, I just want to say thank you for your purchase. But man, you have it wrong. Anybody who buys an unfrosted Pop Tart. You're doing it wrong. I'm sorry. I don't mean to. I don't mean to pop tart shame, but you're doing it wrong. I left out the part about them being the unfrosted ones because I didn't want to shame them, Todd. Oh man, the frosting is the best. Todd, one could only hope that the frosting that they took off these ones, they doubled up on someone else's. Oh my goodness! If I could buy double frosted pop tarts. Oh, 
You know, okay. Oreo is in the market of like all these like weird flavors and like double stuffed or like Oreo cookies where it's like the cookie, like it's the container that Oreo cookies come in, but they just fill it with like the raw filling with no cookies whatsoever. You the know, mega- like all these wacky outside the box things like Pop-Tarts should be doing the same thing. <sighs> Quadruple filling Pop-Tarts. Yeah. Like just, where it's it, where you buy the pop tarts and that box, the size and shape of a pop tart box that you've seen, that's just one pop tart inside that box. That's right. Like it's like like a thick fig newton. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and you just open that that silver foil package, and you're like, yeah, like this is. I can't even get my mouth around that pop tart. That's fantastic. That's a knife and fork pop tart right there. Right. Uh, somebody also purchased the complete series of Taxi on DVD. What does a yellow light mean, Joe? Uh, Todd, go slow. <laughs> what does... I'm not going to do the bit a thousand times. One of the greatest scenes in TV history, by the way. Now, I will say this. I, I don't know off the top of my head if Taxi is on a streaming service. But... You know, with the number of streaming services that are out there and obviously not everyone able to get every streaming service there is, if you have, like, a favorite TV show and you love watching it on, like, Brand X streaming service, I'd go and get the DVDs, man, because those could be bounced around or pulled off at any moment. That's right. You might, some episode, you know, you might not get to see ever again. Yeah. You know, um, because of untoward things that are no longer good anymore. That's right. And just a quick trivia. Do you know who played Reverend Jim Ignatowski's father on one episode of Taxi? Ooh, I do not. He was a guy who had a uh, comedy album all about poems about being fat. It's Victor Buono. <laughs> Synergy. Synergy from a last week. or whatever. Yep, I was I was when I was looking up stuff last week we were talking about, I was like, oh that's right. He was he was Jim Ignatowski's father, and he goes back to see him for one episode. And it's and it's I watched the clip and it's I just couldn't stop laughing. It's the best. So and somebody also purchased a hundred pack of colorful, disposable, wide mouth jumbo smoothie straws. Ooh. That's someone who is having a Spectrox party, obviously, right? <laughs> oh, yep. Never, you never finish. You're never done with Spectrox, Joe. <laughs> oh. I, I do the Sam Kinison ones. What? The Sam Kinison ones where it looks like it's rock salt. That's right. I hate Spectrox, but I love the smell. Oh, boy. And you can quit any time. <laughs> That's right. You and Vince. <laughs> Todd, did we have any art attacks this week? We did have an art attack, Joe, um, from Rebecca's art. Once again, it was an original creation from Rebecca, a WIP, which I found out uh, not too long ago was a work in progress um, because I don't understand, you know, initials for stuff like that. But it's a a, a cute piece. I'm not 100% sure of the character, but a little uh, person with a star outfit on with a little sash. uh, It's going to look nice when it's all done. But I don't recognize the outfit. Maybe you do, Joe? Let me look. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. But 
Sometimes they, I have them up right in front of me, and sometimes I do not. I know. I'm sorry. There's not much to work with on that one. Uh, you know, it's, it looks very Stargirl-inspired, I'd say. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking like a Stargirl-Ms. Marvel mashup. Sure. So, Ms. Stargirl... Listen, Todd, I purposely had Twitter closed for the show tonight. Oh, that's right. I apologize. I should have known that. You're on your Twitcation. Well, at least Twit limited distraction. How about that? <laughs> what dad distractions where it's at, Joe? You know. Oh what? my goodness. So, uh, I recently found out that um, some of those episodes are floating around on the old YouTube. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, snatch them up. I didn't. I didn't tell uh, Studebaker that. You know. Mm-hmm. Because when they uh soft relaunched uh Prime Defective for a couple weeks and then <laughs> it went back into hibernation. That's right. They did it for a hot minute. Uh they did it for a month. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I said that's good enough, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, anywho, there's that. And now, what is it, time to talk about TV stuff? Yep, we're going to go into Stargirl. All right, the most recent episode of Stargirl. If you're not caught up, because uh, Todd and I get it on the uh, DC Universe app, because that's the sort of uh, Stargirl fans we are. Um, right. I know it airs Tuesdays as we're recording this, so hopefully you've watched Stargirl and then you listen to this so you don't get nothing uh, spoiled on you. I'll uh, take like a two-secondy here, and uh, we'll get into it. Is it an award-winning uh, DC app? No, no. The only award-winning streaming service is Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. Ah, okay. That's the only one. So this episode, uh, the A story, I would guess, is... Even though, like, the... So, okay, the A story is, of course, Courtney uh, finally recruiting everyone, giving them their costumes, saying that we need to form a JSA, we need to recruit more uh, people, and Luke Wilson doing his best David Arquette impersonation (laughs) says, no, no, we can't. Because, you know, it's going to be bad, and then we get the scene of her interacting with each, each person individually of how the couple days that they've got to wear these funky gauntlets and glasses and hourglasses, it's changed their lives for the better. And Mm -hmm. now Courtney feels sad, and they kind of turn around on her and say, if Luke Wilson doing his best David Arquette impersonation said you to give up the star rod, would you? Huh? Would you? And she's like, well, it's good enough of an argument for me. Um, That's the A story. Um, But the focus of this episode is uh sportsmaster and tigress killing uh football coaches so yeah. <laughs> their daughter could be on the football team mm-hmm. yeah and then you know uh the and, gam- and, then we, and then we get the and then we get the c story of the little boy in the show courtney's brother makes a uh science project volcano out of candy sponsored by by pop tarts and hershey syrup that would like we'll start with that because <laughs> i was laughing like i was like pop tarts again Right. Great. So out of the way. And then they just made sure like to put that product placement of the Hershey syrup like in the shot. And then when he did the volcano where 
it was all the little Hershey bars and you could read Hershey written on all the little bars. I was like, this is fantastic. And now I have diabetes from just watching this episode. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so, but that's also like uh, uh, David Arquette's uh, son and uh, Amy Smart. I did like that they were bonding in a little bit of this episode. And we still have like two uh, JSA members show up. I did, you know, the pen. And the lantern, so... Right, uh, and he, t- he says the lantern doesn't... Th- so they do a really good job of establishing those sort of things, or they did at the very least, with the pen. We haven't like we haven't seen the pen in like three episodes. And then the lantern, he comes right out and says, the lantern won't work without the ring. Mm-hmm. So somebody has the ring. We need to find the ring. Yep. And so, he's like, the lantern could even kill you. Like, you need to relax. Yeah. Go ahead. But I was going to say, um, I thought the CGI in the end fight sequence. Right. I would like to take my time as part of this podcast to issue an apology specifically to Mr. Solomon Grundy himself. <laughs> I will never critique your horrible CGI because this episode, they had a CGI budget of $50. And they stretched it to $300, and it showed. Oh, boy. It was suspect. There's the part where Sportsmaster throws the three baseballs. And I'm glad, like, he was able to cross over into, I'm not sure, was it the Roger Rabbit world, the Cool World universe, where he was able to throw cartoons at people? (laughs) <laughs> or if they accidentally put, like, unfinished special effects in the episode. I'm not really sure. But, um, yeah, it was real. The special effects in this episode were, like, another level of bad. Um, I disagree with you on everything. I love the fight at the end. It was fantastic, and I was all in. Um, I did like the whole, like, what's your, your, your Pokemans? Uh, the Trouble Twins or whatever. Like, the way they were working together. Um... Where they, you know, they're like spinning off each other. But all around, I I love this was my favorite episode of the season. Um, but it might be for the fact that I just marked out because like um I did I've I mentioned I like Star Girl's costume because it's very like authentic. Um and uh, like Wildcats is okay because it's basically just a black suit, so the mask looks good. But man, when the, when the kid puts on the, the the Hour Man costume, like I marked out. I'm like that design translates very well and then i actually thought the dr midnight costume was really cool because on beth it she looked so awkward and i don't mean that as like you know disparaging it's just because she's an awkward character and she almost moved in a funny way like a muppet through the whole episode like where she's walking and she's like trying to turn her head like to the left or the right to see who she should go with and i was cracking up all around, I love this episode. I have no problem with any of the special effects because I feel like they they nailed it. I don't care about animation, baseballs, whatever, because it was great. And then seeing the Adam Sandler villain, the gambler, listening to Pitbull and Kesha while he hacks databases, I was like, this is the best. He litters so we know he's a terrible person. <laughs> And like the whole thing of them going up the, uh, against the gambler because he has no powers. Like this is going to be easy. They get their lunch 
handed to them. And then in the end, because they didn't do the teamwork, I love the scene of Courtney talking to uh, Luke Wilson, like, you don't know what it's like. They wouldn't listen. I, I was trying to do this. And just Luke Wilson, like, hmm, sounds like annoying. Like, oh, yes, I can't imagine how... I was cracking up and it ends up making them respect Luke Wilson. Like he built the giant robot and everything. I don't know. I, I look different. I love this episode from beginning to end and I see nothing wrong with the effects. So I, I, I give you the floor, Joe, after that. Uh, I'm not saying I didn't like the episode. Mm-hmm. I just thought the special effects were dodgy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't love the costumes as much as you do. I have nitpicks about them. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the cowl part on the Hour Man mask looks like it's made out of a different material than the rest of the costume, and it really stood out. Where like Yolanda's costume looks like it's all one piece, like mm-hmm. all made of the same material. Does that make any sense? Yes, and. The Courtney's costume, she took the old Starman costume, she modified it, she changed it, she did what she did, and that looks like it's all made of the same piece. Mm -hmm. Our man costume, from the neck down, perfect. Even the around the head part of the cowl, but the part that goes from his forehead down over his eyes looks like it's made of, like, a different piece. And it just stuck out as, like, it's not seamless, you know? what i'm getting at yeah i get you i just like i said i just think the hour i don't know if it's the black and yellow and red Mm -hmm. or whatever but the one thing that i did did not get to bring up about the uh the hour man thing is that i'm wondering if they'll get into the whole miracle law is a is a drug do you know what I mean? Like, because in the in the original, it was like he took a pill, and then they kind of did something with the with the hour man hourglass. And I'm wondering, like, he mentions that the power is addictive. That's why he only cut it down the, so it's only an hour. Right, but I'm wondering if that's some of the backstory that we're gonna get. Like, it's a little different, and that maybe like Rex was addicted. Like it was. I don't know. I just find the hour man character very just looks good. Is interesting. I don't know. That's the difference. And I know you said it's all, it's only like the cowl and stuff like, or the, the area that you said, I don't know. I really like the hour man outfit. And I liked that the Dr. Midnight outfit looked so awkward on Beth mm-hmm. because essentially <laughs> Courtney took a costume that was gr- worn by a grown man and gave it to a teenage girl to wear. Right. There were no, like we saw Courtney, rebuild like kind of sew and like everything that she did to make the star man costume fit her we saw the wildcat thing form fit to yolanda whatever's going on with the hour man costume it's like yeah here's a thing that a 30 year old adult male wore 17 year old girl figure it out we're going mm-hmm. to do a mission right now so yep. i'm sure the costume like i liked that it looked so goofy and they didn't make a big deal about it it's just like here's this thing I assume at some point Beth is going to make the needed adjustments and it's going to look super cool, but the, the it looks like Dr. Midnight. Yep. I don't think she's getting a change. I think they're going to leave because her character's awkward. They're going to leave it awkward. Mm. I don't know. That's just my take. I think if, if we were going to get any changes to her costume, it, 
now granted, like I said, it is early, so maybe they're it's their first time in it. But I don't think we're getting any changes to anybody after this until uh Jakeem shows up and you know whatever the green it, even if we do get a Green Lantern this season or or whatever. I don't know. Oh, I want that classic golden age Green Lantern costume on somebody, Joe. You just want to see someone in, in again, I'm with you. I want to see someone in that costume too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I thought it was a good episode. I really like uh I really like Stargirl. I think it's a good show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh but I think that's it, right? I think that is it also. Episode 508 of Longbox Heroes done, finished, in the can. Hope you enjoyed it. If you didn't, next week we'll have another episode. Hopefully it'll be better or just as good. Right. For Todd, this is Joe saying thanks for listening. We'll see you all here next week. Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. Ooh! You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network. The Lamborghini of Podcast Networks.